I've got a fascination with weeds. I know that sounds strange, but it's true. I've got a fascination with weeds, and part of my fascination is this. I don't understand where they come from. Now, I know that theologically we can go back to Genesis and see that God cursed the ground, and ultimately that's the source of, of weeds. I get that. But I'm, I'm talking practically speaking. I don't plant these things, yet they grow everywhere. And it fascinates me. It's like, where did you come from? I, I, I plant grass seed, and I can't get it to grow. I don't plant weeds, and it, they grow everywhere. In fact, I spend a lot of money trying to kill the weeds, spraying the weeds, and, and they keep coming back. I've, I've got this ongoing fascination with these frustrating weeds. I don't know which is worse, weeds or fire ants. I hate both of them. I guess fire ants hurt a little bit more than weeds do, but, but weeds look awful, and they just keep coming back, and I... I I don't plant them, I don't feed them, I don't water them, I, I don't do anything to them, except try to kill them. I, sometimes I even dig them up. I pull them up, I dig them up, and daggone it, I go back out to the flower bed in a week and there's more weeds. Might interest you to know that, that Jesus talked about weeds. He, he actually has a parable that we would perhaps call the parable of the weeds. And I think it's fascinating that Jesus, the master teacher, uses something like weeds to teach a spiritual lesson. So I want you to go. Now, you're familiar with the parable of the sower, right? That's one you know about. That's one you've heard about. That's not this parable. Open your Bibles, Matthew chapter 13. William Barclay has said that the parable of the weeds is one of the most practical parables that Jesus ever taught. Now, that ought to get your attention. One of the most practical parables Jesus ever taught, in this scholar's opinion, William Barclay, is that the parable of the weeds. And after you study this parable with us tonight, I think it'll be evident that he's probably right. Uh, the unique aspect of this parable is that it helps you understand the ungodliness that's in our world. Do you ever watch the news and wonder, where does this ungodliness come from? How, how does this keep coming about? How, how do people do this? How do people believe this? How, how does this happen in America? Uh, you can better understand what you read in the newspaper if you understand the parable of the weeds. Now, before we read the parable, let me just give you the context of the parable. This parable only appears in Matthew's Gospel. If you're taking notes, that would be a good thing to write down. This parable only appears in Matthew's Gospel. Uh, that's probably why it's not as well known as some of the other parables. Uh, now, the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower appears in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But the parable of the weeds, uh, only in Matthew's Gospel. Now, I want you to tell me, what's the parable that, that precedes the parable of the weeds? Yeah, the parable of the sower. I want you to notice the progression here. In verses 3 through 9, Jesus told the parable of the sower. You're familiar with that parable. And then in verses 18 through 23, he explained the meaning of it privately to his disciples. He explained the parable of the sower. And then he told the parable of the weeds, and he didn't provide any commentary about it. 
And, and then, in verse, that's verses 24 through 30. Then he told the parable of the mustard seed after that, and, and of the yeast, verses 31 and 32, followed by the parable of the yeast, verse 33 and 34. And then we come to verse 36, where the parable of the weeds is explained. And so let's just kind of read it and, and dig into it, and I think it'll make a little more sense as, as we follow the context. Verse 24, Jesus told them another parable. He just previously told the parable of the sower. Now he tells a similar parable, but it's a different one. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. And, and they're probably thinking, well, wait a minute, he just talked about that. You know, parable of the sower. He's repeating himself, but no, this is different. Verse 25, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. And when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? That's what I keep asking, right? <laughs> Where do the weeds come from? Verse 28, an enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together. Until, until what, church? Till the harvest. At that time, I tell you, the, the harvesters, first, at that time, I will tell the harvesters, first, collect the weeds, and tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. So this is the parable of the weeds. And it's interesting, then he goes on to tell the parable of the mustard seed, uh, verse 31 through 32, and then the parable of the yeast, verse 33 and 34. And after he had done that, we come to verse 36. Here's what we read. Then he left the crowd and he went into the house and his disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. It's interesting. They didn't say, hey, we need you to explain to us the parable of the mustard seed. They didn't say, could you explain to us the parable of the yeast? The thing that kept rolling around in their head was this. I need you to explain to me what you meant by the parable of the, of the weeds. Now, personally, I wish that they had asked for him to explain the other two parables, too. That would have helped me some. But, but maybe the reason that they asked, the disciples, asked Jesus to explain the parable of the weeds is because it sounded so familiar to the parable of the sower that he had just told. Similar. You talked about the parable of the sower, and then you talked about the parable of the weeds, and these two are similar, and... And we understand the parable of the sower. You explained that one to us. But now we need you to explain this parable of the weeds. Now, I want you to look very carefully at the explanation of Jesus, beginning in verse 37. Here's what he said. Read the text carefully. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds, that's what we're interested in. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the harvesters are angels. 
As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out His angels and they will weed out of His kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. That's a, a, a key phrase right there. They will weed out of His kingdom. Notice this. Everything that causes sin. That's a key phrase. Everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. That, that phrase, he who has ears, let him hear, is a way of saying, this is pretty important. Uh, you might want to remember this. This is pretty important. You may want to study this a little bit more. Now, these two parables, parable of the sower, parable of the weeds, are very similar, but they're also very different. Notice this, and, and if you're taking notes, you might want to draw a line and do a little comparison, kind of a little graph kind of a thing. But, but here's what I want you to notice. The first parable, parable of the sower, is about the good and the bad soil. Parable of the sower, the good and the bad soil. But in this text, parable of the weeds, this parable is about the good and bad seed. There's a difference. So... And the first is the good soil, the bad soil, parable of the sower. Parable of the weeds, it's the good seed and the bad seed. The first parable, parable of the sower, is about our response to the word, to the word of God. And the second parable, this parable of the weeds, is about the enemy's response to the work of God in the world. Now, this is going to get real practical, so make sure you get this. The parable of the weeds is about the enemy's response to the work of God in the world. Did you know that the enemy responds to what God's doing in the world? And the work that the enemy does in response to what God's doing in the world, the work of the enemy is called the, the sowing of weeds. That's how the Bible describes it, the sowing of weeds. Now, I want you to look up some things in your Bibles. Get your Bibles handy. I'm going to give you a word and you tell me what it means in this parable, the characters and symbols in this parable. First of all, the sower. Who is the sower in the parable of the weeds? Son of man. Who is the son of man? Jesus, all right? And what is the field in the parable of the weeds? The world. Now, please note, this is not the church. Sometimes this parable is misunderstood. Jesus is not talking about the church. He's talking about the world. Now, the good seed, what does the good seed represent? I heard something, what? Sons of the kingdom, who would that be? Christians, exactly. The weeds, who does the weeds represent? Sons of the evil one. Who's the enemy in the, in the parable of the weeds? Who's the enemy? Yeah, Satan, the devil. When is the harvest? The end of time, at the end of the age. And who are the harvesters? All right. With that, with that in mind, here's what I want you to see. I want you to understand that both of these parables are about opposition to the kingdom of God. The parable of the sower, Satan opposes the word of God, and he tries to snatch it. Look in chapter uh, 13, look at verse 4 and verse 19. 
Verse 4. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Verse 19, Jesus explains that. Verse 19, he says, well, let's start verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. And so in this parable of the sower, Satan is opposing the kingdom of God as it is the word of God is sown into the hearts of people. When that fails, you know what he does? He attacks God's work. That's the parable of the weeds. Get it this way. Everybody look up here. When he, he tries to snatch the seed, the word of God, to keep it from taking root. But when the seed, the word of God, takes root and the work of God begins to grow, then if, if he can't snatch the seed, the word of God, then he's going to plant weeds among the work of God. Does that make sense? If he can't keep you from responding to the word of God, then he's going to try to destroy the work of God. The Word of God is the seed. The work of God is what Satan is trying to, to stop. Now, in summary, let me tell you about the parable of the weeds. The parable of the weeds basically is, is about what I would call false Christians who are in the world. People who look like Christians, but they're really not. In fact, in the King James Version, anybody got the King James Version? It's called the parable of what? Anybody know in the King James Version? Parable of wheat and tares. The word tear or weed was probably referring to something that's called the darnel weed. You ever heard of a darnel weed? In the early stages, the darnel closely resembles the wheat. It's almost impossible to distinguish the two. It's hard to tell if that which is coming up is darnel or if it's actually wheat. It's not until the grain heads out, it's not until the grain develops that you can distinguish the wheat from the weeds. Uh, Warren Wiersbe said, Satan cannot uproot the plants, true Christians, so he plants counterfeit Christians in their midst. Wherever Christ sows a true Christian, Satan comes and sows a counterfeit. So here's the seed, the Word of God, parable of the sower. Here's the seed, the Word of God, and God is planting Christians in good soil. He's growing, developing Christians. When Satan can't stop that, then we come to the parable of the weeds, and Satan is planting false Christians to oppose the work of God. Now you may be wondering, well, where does all of this lead us, Pastor? What's all this about? You need to understand something. How is it? How is it that our world is getting to the... Let's not even talk about the world. Let's just talk about our nation. How is it that our nation is getting to the point that it is? I think the parable of the weeds shows us a lot of how our nation has gotten to where we are. For example, How is it that our country has legalized same-sex marriage? Does that make sense to anybody? I think it's the parable of the weeds that explains how those, how Satan has, has planted that which opposes the work of God. Uh, 
we were in Cleveland, as you know, this past week. I'll give you an example. Uh, on Monday morning, I went out with some folks to visit some church planters, and we went to a part of Cleveland called Ohio City. It's basically a neighborhood of Cleveland, but it's called Ohio City. Uh, and the missionary, he said, I want you to show you something. He said, Ohio City has a city flag. He said, I want you to look at the city flag. And I looked at it, and he said, you know when they adopted that flag? I said, no, it was a colorful flag. He said, after the Supreme Court legalized same-sex marriage, Ohio City adopted the rainbow as their city flag. And now now there's a rainbow flag, and it says Ohio City, and that is their city flag now. We would look at that and say, that doesn't make sense. Why is that even possible in, a, in, in a, a Christian nation or what used to be a Christian nation like America? The parable of the weeds. The enemy is sowing. Re- remember what it said? Let me, let me, I'm trying to remember how he described it. Um, where is it? Um, I've lost my verse. Hang on a minute. 39. Okay, that's not the one I was looking for. Hang on. I said it was a key phrase, and now I've lost it. What is it? Yes, there it is. Thank you. Verse 41. The Son of Man will weed out... I'm sorry. The Son of Man will send out... His angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. That Satan plants those among God's people and and among the places where God's working, Satan plants those people who are of the evil one, and the enemy sows them there, and they are there, as it says in verse 41, uh, to cause sin. And to do evil. I mean, just, I gave you one example. But let me give you another example. On another mission trip, and I'm not just against same-sex marriage, but I'm just trying to grasp how does all this happen in our country. Uh, But I was in Boston on a mission trip, and I saw the rainbow flag. But you know where the rainbow flag was flying? It It was not on the city telephone post. You know where the rainbow flag was flying? It was flying on churches. On churches, Unitarian churches primarily, but flying on, on churches, the rainbow flag, flying on churches. How is it that some churches actually condone and support that kind of lifestyle and that kind of agenda? How do you explain that, that a, that a church would support that kind of lifestyle, that kind of agenda? The only way to explain it in my book is to understand the parable of the weeds. That Satan plants among the... God's people and among God's work, he plants those who condone and try to do evil. Well, let's, let's switch gears and talk about uh, another thing in, in the country today. Why is it that, or how is it that abortion is still so rampant in our world? Did you know that since 1973, I did the research, in 19, since 1973, Roe v. Wade Try to grasp this number. 59,583,436 abortions have been performed. Almost 60 million babies aborted, killed, 
467,442 just in the, so far this year. Almost half a million babies so far this year. How do we get our minds around that? How do we explain that? Planned Parenthood. Have you seen these videos? Have you heard about these videos from Planned Parenthood where they're joking about selling baby parts and they're joking about eyeballs falling out and landing on their shoe and, and they're selling, they're chopping up babies and selling the parts. How is that possible? Jesus said, let me tell you a story. The enemy plants weeds among the wheat. And the wheat and the weeds choke out the wheat. Or why is it that in a country like ours that was founded on religious freedom, why is it that this country that used to be one nation under God, and by the way, wasn't that a great song today in the worship service? Man, that was, an awesome, that was a powerful song. Why is it that one nation under God now is a nation that seems to be pushing God away? This just came out June 30th. Was that yesterday? No, no, Friday. Thank you. Friday. This just came out Friday. I don't know if you saw it, Fox News. Here's the headline. University to remove cross and Bibles from campus chapel. Does that make sense to anybody? You don't even need to read the article to say, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Something's wrong here. But let me read it to you again. University to remove cross and Bibles from campus chapel. East Central University said that they'll remove crosses, Bibles, and other religious symbols from a campus chapel to appease an out-of-town group. It's unclear when the Oklahoma school will commence with a Christian cleansing of the Catherine Boswell Memorial Chapel. The chapel opened in 1957, by the way. They've had Bibles and crosses. and It's kind of what you'd have in a chapel, isn't it? It's Bibles and crosses. And they've had that there since 1957. But... Uh, of course, somebody was offended by that. And so they got a letter from Americans United for the Separation of Church and State. And, and this terse letter threatened them because of their religious iconography. Uh, and those displays, they determined to be illegal, uh, which they're not illegal, but this group said that they were illegal. So the university is going to cower to them and remove the cross and remove... They're actually trying to figure out how to take the cross off the steeple. Take the cross down off the steeple, take the cross off the walls, and remove the Bibles from the campus chapel. I read that kind of stuff, and it's like, Lord, how, how is that even possible? And Jesus said, come here, come here, come here. Let me tell you a story about some weeds that were planted to oppose the work of God. See, these two stories, parable of the sower, again, is about the word being opposed. But when the word takes root, then Satan's only other strategy is to plant among what God is doing weeds to distort, to distract, to, to try to take over what God is doing. He said, well, well, practically speaking, Keith, what does that mean? I, here's what I believe it means. I believe Satan plants people. Now listen, I'm just going to say it as plain as I can say it. 
I believe that the enemy plants people in government, in society, in religions, in the media, and in other countries and other places to oppose what God wants to do in the world. I'm just trying to be as practical as I can, but I literally believe Satan, the enemy, plants people. I believe that's what the parable of the weeds is about. Satan plants people in certain places, in our government, even in, in, in religions, and in all kinds. He plants people to oppose what God wants to do in the world. Um, so let's just walk through this real quickly, and, and then we'll be done. So let's go to verse... Let's go back into the text again, back into the parable. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Let's go verse 24. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? And an enemy did this, he, said, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? And no, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I tell you, the harvesters first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Satan is secretly working to destroy God's work. That's what this parable is about. Wherever God is at work, Satan is at work to oppose him. That's what the parable is about. Even among the twelve, can I remind you, even among the twelve who followed Jesus, there was a weed planted. His name was Judas. Even among the twelve that followed Jesus, Satan had planted a weed. His name was Jesus, I'm a Judas. So let's look at the story. Verse, let's go back to verse 37. And as he explains to them the parable, here's what he says. The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. And the field is the world. And the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy sows them as the devil the harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. Please remember that the world is made up of two kinds of people, those who are saved and those who are lost, those who are wheat and those who are weeds. And Satan strategically places people in power. He strategically places people in areas of society where he can penetrate the world and oppose what God's doing. Now, so, here's, I'm going to bring it to a conclusion. I'll let you out early. When you read your paper, when you watch the news, and you see something that disturbs you, you need to have the sermon to, to say, the enemy did this. The enemy planted that. The enemy of God's world, the enemy of God's work, the enemy of God's word, the enemy planted that. All you have to do is look at it and say, that's a weed. Now, others may not know what you're talking about, but you'll know, won't you? That's a weed. So let me make a few observations and then we'll leave. Number one, there's always a hostile power in the world seeking and waiting to destroy God's good seed. 
There's always a hostile power seeking to destroy God's good seed. Number two, it's sometimes hard to distinguish who's part of God's kingdom and who's not. Jesus said that. By the way, it's not our job to do that, is it? It's not our job to decide who is and who isn't. It's our job to follow the Lord individually. And Jesus said, who did Jesus say will make the distinction? Who did he say would separate them? Angels. I'm going to tell you something. You're not an angel, nor will you ever be. He said, well, what about when I die? You're not going to be an angel when you die either. That's a whole other study. But you don't become angels when you die. And all God's people said, here's the, here's the last application. If you've ever said, Lord, why don't you do something about all this? In the parable of the weeds, he says, I'm going to. I'm going to do something about it. I'll take care of it at harvest time. I'm going to do something about it. Now, I want you to go to your table of contents in your Bibles. There's one other verse you need to read before we leave. And the reason I say go to the table of contents is because you're going to have a hard time finding this book unless you really are a good Bible student. Look under the Old Testament and look for the little bitty book of Nahum. Towards the end of the Old Testament, little bitty book of Nahum. So on page 924 in my Bible, I don't know about yours, Nahum, 924, my Bible, towards the end of the Old Testament, certainly. I want you to look at Nahum, chapter 1, look at verse 3. The Lord is slow to anger, and I like this next phrase, and great in power. The Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. His way is in the whirlwind and the storm. The clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and dries it up. He makes all the rivers run dry. Bashan and Carmel uh, wither and the blossoms of Lebanon fade. The mountains quake before him and hills melt away. The earth trembles at his presence. The world and all, all who what? Who live in it. There's a day when the Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. So until then, until then, when, you, when you're watching the news and you're upset and you're frustrated and you're angry and you want to throw something at the TV, a better option is this. Just say, that's a weed. The enemy has planted that there. Amen? Father, thank you for clarifying for us, reminding us that not everything that looks like Christian is Christian. Not everything that looks like wheat is wheat that sometimes the enemy actually plants people in places to oppose the work of God. And it really explains for us how things have gotten so haywire in our country. How people, even church people, can justify, rationalize, or even support things happening in our world that are ungodly. But we recognize there is an enemy that sows weeds. And thank you so much that you are going to take care of all of that. 
And it's our job just to follow you and to love you and to serve you and to trust you. Help us do that better, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.